0: Today is August 13th, 2023. Welcome to Native Calgarian Oki, Naganago, Mekoche Chesto Komaki, or in my language, dekot nogotini Siku. My name is Red Thunder Woman. My married English name is Michelle Robinson, and I use she and her pronouns. I honor the Blackfoot as the elders and members have been so kind to me on my red road journey. Elder Red Crane taught me how to pronounce my spirit name in Blackfoot and Leonard Kenny taught me how to pronounce my spirit name in Satu Dene. My humblest apologies to the Blackfoot and Dene elders and language keepers as I try to learn proper pronunciation. My Dene lineage roots me in the land of the Great Bear Lake Tribe in Treaty 11. My people wore rabbit skin, so it's often been referred to as the land of the hare people. Uh, my Indian Act and Post status card actually roots me in Treaty 8, so that's fun. Um, I'm a native to Turtle Island, and my Dene Nation is a visitor to this area of Clincho Tene Indahay, in Satu Dene, meaning Many Big Dog Town, named after the Calgary Stampede. I was born in Calgary, or in Blackfoot, Mokinstis, says Michelle Elliott, an English name that just afforded me privilege in an English colonial world. My mother is Northern Slavey Dene, or Satu Dene, but my Indian Act imposed status card by the Canadian government says Yellow Knives Dene. Through my father, I am a daughter of the Mayflower and a daughter of the American Revolution, while having a Canadian Indian Act-imposed status card. You know, that is a colonial construct by Canadian policies meant to divide Indigenous peoples' inherent rights. Indigenous Two-Spirit or the Indigenous 2S LGBTQ community and Indigenous women are at the bottom of the Canadian socioeconomic ladder, because of colonial trauma, imposed poverty, imposed racism, imposed gendered violence and land theft. I do not speak on behalf of all Indigenous, but I just share my journey. As a Dene woman who has attempted to run, joined harmful colonial parties, spent money to be at expensive conventions, left my home to travel to those conventions just to vote on incomplete policies that still allow for incarceration, a denial of justice, a denial of health care services, racism, colonial trauma, and genocide of Indigenous and Black peoples, I have worked to continue reports to advocate for and attempt to work within these systems meant to harm me and my community. I think of all of this today, and I hope we honour the many Indigenous lives lost for the so-called country named Canada. I hope that you all see your role in the importance of stopping harm and as a citizen see your role in reconciliation and as a treaty partner. Pride Month should never just be one month. It is important to understand that the straight agenda and gendered violence was and is forced on these lands by Christian outsiders. Land acknowledgements are critical for creating a safer space for Indigenous, as well as honoring the host as the guest, acknowledging your role as a treaty partner in this so-called time of reconciliation. It's important your land acknowledgements have meaning. I encourage all to introduce themselves with an acknowledgement of their ancestors, story of displacement, and how you perceive your role as a treaty partner, a citizen of Canada, a refugee, or other land displacement, so we as Indigenous people know how safe you are to be around. If you don't know how to pronounce your local Indigenous nation's names, won't say your pronouns, won't say your story of origin, won't acknowledge stolen lands, won't acknowledge economic oppression or your role in reconciliation, I determine how safe you are to be around my community, my family, and myself. Understanding land acknowledgements and their importance is Indigenous 101 because it immediately addresses colonialism, oppression dynamics, broken treaties, and lies taught today in Canadian schools nationally. That's why settlers and those who call themselves Native Calgarians or whatever town you're from, show me that you have no Indigenous 101 understanding. Just say Winty's book. Unreconciled explains it perfectly as you many Indigenous authored books. Land Back is a movement that could save the planet from climate change created by colonialism, but it would also be a part of changing governance structure of treaty partnership, part of meaningful reconciliation and honoring global initiatives like the United Nations Declaration of Rights of Indigenous People. I'm speaking to you on the lands of the Nitsitapi which is the Blackfoot Confederacy the Blackfoot south of the imposed U.S.-Canadian border are the Blackfeet, and north of the border are the Siksika, Gainai, and Bugani of the Confederacy. These lands are Treaty 7, signed September 22, 1877, with signatures that include the Blackfoot Confederacy and the Wesley, uh, Good Stoney, Chinnakee, and Bearspaw Nations of the Stony Nations. I just want to be clear that um, the Wesley is just changing its name to Good Stoney, so there's still only the three nations and the Dene from Sutina. I acknowledge all First Nation, Métis, Inuit, status and non-status across Turtle Island as the keepers of these lands. All non-Indigenous or treaty partners with the government signing on your behalf. My Patreon account is Native Calgarian where you can pledge and support. Thank you previous donors for showing your support. If you value listening or watching and can afford to give, thank you. For those who cannot afford to give, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com, where you can send in your comments or questions. Also, giving a review helps whatever medium you're listening from. I have a YouTube channel that you can go and subscribe. You can go to nativecalgarian.com for the latest podcasts and pin posts on social media. So today, I definitely wanted to talk about um, what's happening here in Canada. It's been a long time since I've done my own uh, private our solo podcast I usually have guests on so we don't get to talk about what's actually happening um, in in the in the world at the moment so obviously if you follow me in any other capacity you know that I really care about searching these landfills so for folks who don't understand what that is that is the, the sad reality of Canada There are graves all around our schools, and there are graves all around the forts. There are graves in our landfills, and Canada is a-okay with that continuing. So right now in Winnipeg, there's a serial killer, and they think that about four bodies are in those landfills. Um, You know, I'm here in Calgary, and we have one of our strongest community leaders, Josie Nippenak, uh, she's from that area and she says her own niece Tanya Nipponak, is in that landfill and they refused to search for it then. Why do I know that? Because when Joey English was put in our landfills that was really triggering for uh, the folks that are here because we know that. I would argue that there are Uh, Missing and murdered Indigenous people in every single landfill across this country. And we need a national action plan to be able to actually search our bodies, search for bodies. If these were white people, they'd do it. No problemo. But when it comes to Indigenous people, we need yet another plan, because morally and ethically, non-indigenous so-called treaty partners in a so-called time of reconciliation just can't get their shit together and just fucking search them we know they could they just choose not to and it's really been harmful and on display in Winnipeg because they have the police and fire games right now and they spent all of this money for the police to be able to run a marathon or whatever and (laughs) they don't have money to search the landfills. So we know it's a lie. We just know what we prioritize over the lives of indigenous people. So I have been sharing uh, more on my Twitter because that's I'm old, that's more where I'm at. Um, recently changed to X. I tried to take whatever status and share it with the blue sky, the threads, whatever other new medium there is. And talk about Camp Morgan and talk about Camp Mercedes. Um, On my TikTok, I'm going live right now. I don't normally go live on TikTok while I do a podcast. I'm sharing all the time other people that are doing the work. So there are GoFundMes. There are Gmails that you can do email transfers to. And I highly recommend supporting that work. That is something that should be everywhere. Um, Locally here, uh, we've had Deb and Janice who are always advocating on the issue of missing and murdered indigenous women, girls in two spirit. Deb lost her uh, sister to a starlight tour here in Calgary. And uh, Janice works for the government of Alberta, helping families with missing and murdered indigenous women, girls in two spirit. And um, so they decided we were going to have a solidarity march. So we did here in Calgary on Wednesday and um, you know, I, we marched from, you don't believe this, in Calgary, we have stupid sculptures that are so-called trees on our 8th Avenue. So we we start there for that, for the Sisters in Spirit Vigil, and we marched to City Hall. And there we had a chance from Redmond uh, Customs, who does the, he has like a speaker system and such. So he helped us out there. Um, he had got that all set up for the, for the group. And then unfortunately I had to leave early cause I had therapy. So we led the March, uh, once we got to the place where we were going to do the discussion, unfortunately I had to leave, but I've seen nothing but positive reviews. And I know the CBC interviewed me. I didn't hear it the next day, but, uh, I got good feedback that our message was clear that we have to search the landfills. I can't believe this needs to be said out loud in a podcast on a TikTok live. If this was non-Indigenous people, we would not have to say, search the landfills. They would be searched. Um, when Colton Crochu went missing here and there was three weeks before his body was was found. At the same time, there was a white little boy and his two grandparents that were all missing. And the the Calgary Police spent money to go down to Mexico to investigate, you know, um, as part of the as part of the investigations. I'm not mad at them for that. What I'm mad at is that the same resources and time and effort wasn't put into Colton Brosue. Just as I'm upset that you know we have to protest this, that people have to take time out of their lives to protest. And, and we're looked down upon by Canadian society because non-Indigenous still are not amplifying our messages. They'll take our words and they'll make it their own and they'll have their own TikToks and they'll have their own shit, but they don't actually amplify the actual people doing the work. They don't amplify the Gmails, the GoFundMes. They just take it like they take everything else. So if you were not following other Indigenous creators, and especially the ones that are actually at the camps, doing the protests, doing the work, then you're not getting it as a Canadian. You have to start following other people. You can list 10 non-Indigenous Canadian celebrities in every field, sports, music, education, whatever. No problem. Can you name the same 10 Indigenous leaders in those same things? Probably not. Why? Because you still don't see us as the humans that you see non-Indigenous people. And we are not given the same time on media, on social media, as everyone else. If I find, um, so I've locked down my a lot of my stuff and I have for quite, quite some time, zero comments from anybody. Well, why did you lock it down, Michelle? Zero. The only thing that gets amplified is when I amplify other people. And when I amplify uh, a white person, every time it gets re-shared. So if it's like even Lisa on TikTok, all of like her context is deadly, but her retweets from my page are like way higher than my content or other people's content in, in indigenous. In an indigenous circles, he should be amplifying the people that are on the ground for these types of protests, but I'm not seeing that from non indigenous people, even though I share their content and I'll show people I'll give I'll give people those those uh, cookie crumbs in order to get there. And it's still not getting done. So, like the this, the uh, segregation between indigenous and non indigenous is so apparent here in Canada, today, right now. Um, so. Please, if you're not following Justice for Joey English here in Calgary, why are you not doing that? Because Joey English's mother, Stephanie, is constantly talking about these things, uh, sharing knowledge for that matter as well. Um, mm-hmm. I don't like to share Indigenous knowledge because I think that colonizers steal everything, so why would I, why would I share that? Uh, for non-Indigenous people, like it they just take and take but for indigenous people of course i'd share that but that would be like you know face to face one on one in a zoom whatever right anyway um camp morgan camp mercedes you know i i'm a part of their group uh, group chat they're always updating what they need there there's no reason for non indigenous not to get this you know we do settler saturdays i don't get extra um you know donations despite the fact i know i have listeners I've been really hesitant about releasing our numbers, because on one hand, I don't want non-Indigenous to use it as the excuse to sue us. But on the other hand, you know, I do kind of want to show I do have a bit of a following. So if I don't record it on a podcast, there are a lot of people who will never hear it because they're not on the TikToks for this reason, the Twitter for that reason or whatever. Right. So that's why I try to do all the mediums. But I'm not getting a lot of comments about a lot of the things I do share, a lot of the links I share, the link tree, all sorts of things. And I'm just wondering like what the disconnect is. And I know it's just racism. Uh, That's why I have to unpack it all the time. So uh, one of the things that I've been doing is uh, a lot of Indigenous people are on Facebook. So if you have ethical reasons for not being on Facebook, consider that your privilege in action. For a lot of us, we are on Facebook, and uh, that's why uh, that's where I've been showing and sharing the auction for Reclaim Awaton. I did a little bit on TikTok, but I got zero comments, zero engagement with it. So I'm like, well, there's no point in doing it uh, for a second time on, on TikTok. So if you are in the Calgary area and you're aware of what is happening with the leadership, we sent our memberships in, they were rejected, so we were denied access to the AGM, and it's being run by mainly non-Indigenous people, and it's, um, for me, I have been trying to help Awatan for years and getting a lot of messages about how hard it's been being there being denied smudge in that when that's the exact reason why it exists is to allow people to smudge and allow people to have access to elders and the leadership has changed the board of director- directors have really changed the leadership there and unfortunately indigenous women are really struggling as a result and because non-indigenous won't listen to me won't well, even Indigenous sisters, there's a lot of lateral violence. I remember this, trying to tell somebody that, and they were like, no. And I'm like, well, then that's the way it's got to be. So anyway, I've been working with Ruth Scalplock and Linda Many Guns, and when they tell me to jump, I say, oh, hi, and that's what I've been doing. So we we have our second auction happening. Uh, It ends on Tuesday, and then once I get all of the items out to where they need to be, uh, for whoever bids and, and collects them, we get all of the money figured out, then we'll be do, launching a third one. And all of that is going to go to uh, legal costs, because of, uh, you know, it's really upsetting to the founder of Aotan, uh, Ruth Scalplock, the direction that it's been going in. And Dr. Uh, Linda Miniguns was on the board before, and, uh, you know, led this protest. I had shared a video of Loa Bibi interviewing Linda so if you're really interested that's still out there and we share it in order to educate and raise awareness so I'm not seeing people share it I'm asking you if you legitimately care about these issues please help us and share that video and educate others and help us Jesus Christ imagine if you actually bid and commented had a war that'd be great but we are accepting um uh donations so if you send an e-transfer to cultural strength 2023 at gmail.com uh we can accept some e-transfers there to uh put towards this work that's getting done so uh, huge thank you to those who have shared it who have been who have put together that which leads me a bit more into the reconciliation action group They pretty much supported the very first one. Um, I was really honoured and proud of of their work of trying to raise that awareness. Again, if you're part of some reconciliation committee and you're not doing the actual action part of it, are you really doing anything? Probably not. (laughs) So I hope that uh, wherever you're listening from, I know half of my listeners are from Ontario, you know, surely there must be some reconciliation committees that are doing actual action. I'd love to hear those stories so that that way we can highlight them and maybe inspire and encourage a few more fo- non-Indigenous folks to do that work because it, there's so much work to do and yet I'm not seeing non-Indigenous do the work and yet they're treaty partners and they claim to care about reconciliation. So we need more people to step up on that. Um, I really have been excited about Tyler Shipley's course and book. So there is a prof and he does um, this really great work about decolonizing in the sense that you have to understand how Canada is a colonizer and how it actually influences globally their what they are doing. So I'm just going to read. uh, This is his book. It's called Canada in the World, Settler Capitalism and the Colonial Imagination. So here's a prof actually teaching the real history of colonialism in Canada and how Canada's colonial mentality and settler mentality is influencing globally the rest of the world in such a negative way that impacts Indigenous people. And just listening to what he's saying, like I could probably write um, a lot of the issues of the MMIW globally thanks to Canadian policies. And I try to highlight them here, but I don't know if people really get it and understand it, or if they're just so committed to being fucking racist that they can't. Anyway, the back of his book says, um, an accessible and empirical, uh, rich introduction to Canada's engagement in the world since Confederation. This book charts a unique path of locating Canada's colonial foundations at the heart of the analysis. Canada in the World begins by arguing that the colonial relations with indigenous peoples represent the first example of foreign policy and demonstrates how these relations become a foundational and existential element of a new state. Colonialism, the project to establish settler capitalism in North America, and the ideological assumption that Europeans were more advanced and thus deserved to conquer the indigenous people, says Shipley lives at the heart of Canada. So I could keep reading, uh, I will, through a close examination of Canadian foreign policy from crushing an indigenous rebellion in El Salvador, peacekeeping, in quotes, (laughs) missions in Congo and Somalia, and Cold War interventions in Vietnam and Indonesia, to participation on the war on terror, Canada in the world finds that this colonial heart has dictated Canada's actions in the world since its beginning. Highlighting and and continues across 150 years of history, Shipley demonstrates that Canadian policy and behavior in the world is deep rooted and argues that changing this requires rethinking a fundamental nature of Canada itself. So he was kind enough to actually have a weekly seminar. So it's every Wednesday night for two hours. And he's done a PowerPoint presentation based off of these things. So, like, I've already gotten up to uh, week five and and I'm starting week six. And, you know, he's talking about the anti-Black sentiment that was being uh, perpetuated through media in order to justify what they were doing in the Congo. Uh, These are things that are so obvious once you say it, but a lot of people don't necessarily get it. So... Um, you know, really highly recommended. He's giving it for free. So I've actually followed Tyler Shipley on Twitter, and that was where he did the announcement his nine-week course would be. So, um, you know, I almost never can make a Wednesday night, but I can do the catch-up stuff and been making a hole in my backyard so that I could have a safer uh, fire pit area And that's what I've been listening to as I'm digging my hole and and doing yard work and laundry and dishes and such. So it's been really easy for me to to do that. So highly recommend this book Um, if you are more of an audio uh, learner or that, like from my point of view, because we have been told such a false narrative of Canada, I think it's really important that people listen to uh, what his presentation is. He has slides, he even shares the slides and uh, read this book because obviously all of those things will help re-change the way you think of Canada and the way that it interacts in the world. Because like vicious, vicious killings Canadians have done under the guise of helping, you know, savage people, not just here, globally. And I tell people this, and they do it, why? For money, right? Because it's all about settler capitalism. So it doesn't matter if they're killing people in the Congo, in Australia, here, it's all about money. Um, On my TikTok here, I have one of my followers say, the sad truth is, is that our leaders are complicit. Many have been bought and are corrupt. And, you know, when it comes to the Indian Act, I, I try to tell people that the Indian Act is not actual governance. So those leaders are not real leaders. They're Indian Act um, agents. That That's all they are. And by giving this false idea of an election, we are giving them a false idea that they're leaders. And they're not. They're, they're just Indian Act agents that are forced to... Um, take the Indian Act and put out what's in the Indian Act, which is not governance, which is not anything that any Canadian would put put up or tolerate. So we have to quit attacking our chief and council. It's a waste of time. It is embedded in the Canadian constitution to be Indian Act agents because the Indian Act is embedded in the Canadian constitution. So what we have to work on is ourselves, first and foremost, you know, work on in that internalized racism individual racism, and then that systemic racism. If you work on systemic racism, those other things will correct. So, you know, and Canadians know this. They don't, they don't want change. They like the status quo. So that's why they're not changing. <laughs> that's why somebody can make billions of dollars and, you know, their quarterly earnings somehow matter more than our lives than searching the landfills. It's ridiculous. And how any Canadian can justify any of it, like that just says to me you are, are purposely um, putting your head in the sand, hundred percent. And um, if you follow me on, on the other social medias, there's this great um, Twitter one that got on Facebook as well and was going around and it basically said to the effect that uh, you know there is no radical left in North America. You know, you, you have your actual Nazis who are just fascist, capitalist, just pricks that don't care. They're just killing all of us. You know, we have the police state that enforces that. Then you have the right wing in general. That's our, our conservatives. You know, our, our left is so far right. Um, and I have said many times, the NDP are, are far are, are, uh, right of center. So an, an actual left you know it says in the in this tweet well can we just not kill people for medical poverty cuz it's like that that's how radical we are right now we're not we're not pushing back hard enough against what is the status quo in canada and it it is depressing it's sad i hate it and this is where we're at so um and we have solutions there's no question we have you know undrip the united nations declaration of rights of indigenous people we have the 231 calls to justice, we have the 94 calls to action, we have 444 recommendations from the Royal Commission on Aboriginal Peoples from 1996. Every Canadian is complicit, everyone, until there is systemic changes. Even land acknowledgements and teachings, like it, it's incredible to me how people claim they want to learn about Indigenous people, but it's just It's almost like a decoration. It's so true, tokenizing that they might do a one or two hour session once a year maybe, right? Like it's never meaningful systemic changes within their own organizations of of making substantial changes so that, you know if you have a a person with disability, a queer person, a black person, like they, they just can't stay in the company because of the extreme racism and oppression that they face every single day. Yeah. anyway, I'm just rambling at this point. So, um, so, but kind of back to Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, Girls in Two-Spirit. Um, we've been unpacking that in our book club, uh, going through all of the calls to justice, going through all of the, uh, sections of the report. And, um, our book club tomorrow is Brandy Morin's, Our Voice of Fire, So she is an internationally recognized French Cree Iroquois journalist known for her clear eyed and empathetic reporting on indigenous oppression in North America. As a survivor of the missing and murdered indigenous women girls crisis, she uses her voice to shed light on and seek justice for those who have not survived rampant violence. Our Voice of Fire moves through Morin's years as a foster kid and runaway who fell victim to predatory men and an oppressive system in her career as an internationally acclaimed journalist, chronicling her journey to overcome enormous adversity and find her purpose and her power through writing. Morin's compelling, honest story is full of heart and faith and driven by purifying fire of pursuit of justice. So those who listen to my podcast know I will air... Uh, the podcast probably next week or in the future here. So I am hoping that we can um, have you listen to it, read the book again, another great book that I encourage people to put their efforts towards. Um, We actually did have a reconciliation action group uh, social for the first time. We've never done that before. And the reason for me, I've just always felt it's, (sighs) it's, how many socials do we need? Why can't people just do it without, you know, meeting? Like, why do they need to meet me in order to do it? So anyway, I just dropped that attitude and was like, okay. So we went and, um, I you know, know most of the people there. There was actually an a, an elder there. Her name was Linda that I didn't meet before. So it was nice meeting her, but we didn't really get a chance to talk too much, actually. Unfortunately, I wanted to, but um, yeah, it just didn't seem to to work out. So um, it was nice to finally meet some folks. There was a new person, that a few new people that came. Uh, that I'd met on Zooms, but not really on in person. So, Um, but who again, showed up to our march in solidarity with the uh, Winnipeg landfills. It was a reconciliation action group, a lot of folks who came to that. So, you know, if you were a settler, and you actually showed up to that, I thank you from the bottom of my heart, I wish more settlers would show up to these events, like, It actually shows the lack of commitment to indigenous issues, racism, um, and oppression dynamics. It just screams to me, I'm okay with the oppression that you all feel, right? That's what it says. So when you don't show up to our events, that's what you're telling us. So when I don't see you there, I know, and I've seen y'all show up for the Black Lives Matter protests. So I know you're just a-okay with the oppression that we're experiencing. So... Anyway, um, so something that I woke up this morning to was, uh, I follow pink news. Pink news is like a queer, um, media, right? So it kind of tells you what's happening. I put out a small TikTok. I, even in a minute, you can't really cram in all the time that you need to, to talk about gendered violence, um. You know, so I tried to kind of give a little bit of an idea of how I feel about it in in this minute long TikTok. But, you know, if you go to these Trans Day of Remembrance, and and at these we say the names of all the trans people who were murdered in the course of one year. And what's really upsetting is the amount of uh, colonized countries that are they're perpetrators of this violence against the 2SLGBTQ community. And it's frustrating because like we see it here. Um, I don't know why it is so hard to believe an indigenous person, but it is. And yet they'll believe that people are stripping naked in front of kids in schools and that's somehow happening. And we'll have these petitions to sign and say, yeah, this is happening. And I'm like, how on earth do you believe that? I'm literally a mother of a child who's in the public school system. I am telling you that is not happening. And yet people will believe some conservative propaganda over parents that are actually in the system and people who understand what healthy sexuality is. It is unbelievable to me, the amount of gendered violence going on in North America, but also abroad, but always colonized places. And they do that on purpose so that they can continue to perpetrate this violence against uh, people that they don't like. So anyway, 33 Venezuelans were busted at a sauna and taken into custody so I was sharing on all my social medias about that. There is a petition that you can sign. As a Canadian, I want to sign that because when I'm at these Trans Days, Days of Remembrance and we're seeing so many names from these colonized countries, I know that it's this gendered violence that comes along with settler capitalism and uh, colonialism. And yet somehow Canadians are still like, oh, what do you mean? Because uh, they can't read a book, first and foremost. They won't read that report they won't read the other books that tell them this (laughs) you know it's just so much easier to decide on um, patriarchy which is depressing so uh anyway um i'm thinking about those gentlemen because i know damn well that it's just gendered violence by settler colonialism and the uh, forced christian belief system on these people so i hate it anyway um some cool stuff that's happening in the city. So for those who don't know, Calgary celebrates Pride on a September long weekend. We don't celebrate it in June. I mean, we have some events that are in June, but not like our big parade and our big celebration is uh, the start of September, the end of uh, August. So um, there's this really fun group and it's not fun why they had to start. So in, in Edmonton, there's something called Pride Corner and uh, you always get these, uh, you know, far right Christian fascists who are like, you're all going to die, you're a blah, blah. So uh, the Pride Corner really was established to counter that um, type of behavior. And uh, they're on Instagram, who I follow, of course. And they put out there that there's these uh, pink unicorn pre-rolls. And the funds actually go to 2SLGBTQ communities, but they only are at Canacabana. Cabana. So uh, I'm going to be heading over there to see these rainbow pre-rolls and uh, see what, um, what organizations are getting that money. Because sometimes I hear these organizations and it really pisses me off. Like, you know, think of a Walmart who makes so much money. And they're like, do you want to do a donation to X, Y, and Z? And it's like, well, I'd love to, but I'm fucking broke. Meanwhile, you have quarterly earnings that are ridiculous. So I I just find it so insulting that they have the audacity to ask these things when it's like you literally could um, make up for all of the people who are putting their hard earned money into these things. So. I don't know how much Canada Cabana is actually giving him, which organizations they're giving it to. And if they're just giving it to, I don't know, Jason Kenny's buddy, like, I don't know. So I, I was going to go check it out and uh, excited to get some unicorn, pink unicorn pre-rolls that look like little rainbows they are adorable. Um, yeah. And Oh my God. Did you all see the videos from Montgomery, Alabama? i am loving the memes let me tell you um if you're on my my tiktok you'll see me retweeting or resharing a lot of the uh analysis of it too like wonderful analysis coming from the black community on on the gravity of it uh so yeah if you see the me sharing some of the memes like the hat being thrown in the air um you know the chair the metal chair (laughs) Yeah, reminded me of the uh, World Wrestling Federation when I was a kid. They used to have those metal chairs that they would smash on each other. I'm like, this is what that generation has produced, is this moment right now. <laughs> and hats off to the guy who like jumped in the in the canal to go over to the other side of that marina and, and try to assist the the one man. Man, I really uh, hope that this is the call to arms that it's not okay to you know swarm a black men and beat the crap out of them but i'm not sure i'm not sure canadians and americans like they're so rooted in their hate in their white supremacy it's just it's so sad and depressing um so i hope i hope this is a change there's been some uh, memes and some tiktoks that have like uh part of the the speech of you know when from malcolm x when when black people help start helping black people and it's like it is true and so back to indigenous people you know if we start helping each other instead of talking about our chief and council like you have to stop seeing our chief and council as leaders they are not they are agents of the indian act they are forced to only perpetuate whatever the indian act dictates they're not real leaders We have to go back to our hereditary chiefs our hereditary leadership So go back to your communities and learn about that because that's what really matters. Um, We have an election for our band. So I've been getting their propaganda and talking to my family about it as well. And it's, it's infuriating for non-Indigenous to understand this. Like we just don't even have access to um, emails, to Facebook, to LinkedIn. The two, the folks who are running for chief both are on LinkedIn. That's how my connection. And I gave them a message, neither replied, you know. Um, so it it's it's hard because my, I'm trying to get my daughter's status just out of principle because so many indigenous people fought so hard for her to be able to have her status. This is our second round going through it because there's no accountability in the Indian affairs for their rejection or, or work that they do, right? Like, it, it's so infuriating. I wish Canadians understood, like, you can get your citizenship, you can get a passport way quicker than actual Indigenous people can get their status because of the way the Indian Act is set up. Now, Canada shouldn't have a say in that, but if our people are willing to fight for decades... For there to be changes in the Indian Act so that the kids or grandkids can get status, then they should like, if you were going to push our leadership so called leadership for anything, it would be learning how to work around the Indian Act so that they can start adopting in their grandkids and great grandkids back in, because it's disgusting what the Indian Act has done to say no you're no longer a native that's bullshit. Tell me, any Irish person, well, your your you know, blood quantum isn't enough anymore. Like, that is just racism, white supremacy being perpetuated on our people. It has to end. Um, so August 31st is coming up, and that's International Overdose Day. And uh, obviously, that's another example of the genocide happening against Indigenous people, especially here in Alberta. Like, it is a flat-out war. And I'm regular Calgarians and Albertans are just like, what war? I don't know what you mean. Just like it's a white proverb of, how is that racist? (laughs) God, get with the fucking program, folks. Anyway, uh, drugdatadecoded.ca. If you're a listener to my podcast, you know, I have had Ewan Thompson in a few times to talk about the drug crisis that's happening and the amazing work that he's trying to do. He's brought me and Terrell Tailfeathers on a few times in some of his articles. So, you know, subscribe to that. Um, I'm not really going to talk much about the uh, Facebook and Google decision to no longer include Canadian content like at this point, if you don't listen to other Indigenous Canadian uh, creators, if you're not listening to our podcasts, if you're not on APTN, you know, if you're not listening to drug data decoded, like you're, I know you're a lost cause. I know you're like subscribed to the Western standard and are like eating the, the lies that they are perpetuating. Like there is no way you could call them journalism and yet here we are with people still they give them money they spread their lies of uh, petitions against the 2SLGBTQ community it it is so upsetting and so frustrating that people will listen to this that they'll follow this in any capacity I, I have no words for how ignorant our population is for this moment right now um and for anybody who follows um actual fascism world wars like you can just see that's where we're leading right now right is to another war and um and everybody seems to be okay with it because you know settler colonialism and the narrative that we have to spread so anyway so i've seen a, a few places are already organizing an overday overdose day event for August 31st, so check your local areas. Like if you're in Ontario listening and uh, you don't know who your local people are, like get with the program, learn them, and also go to those events together because they're really important to attend. In my case, it's literally just acknowledging all of our dead brothers and sisters and cousins because everybody's okay with the genocide of Indigenous people um and not giving them cultural support and here in Alberta it's just such a hot mess um you know that i can't even talk about the lack of regulation the um boards they 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 were do, they're forcing people into recovery centers now by force like fascist by force calling it compassionate care like that's not 1984 or, or Orwellian language. Like, I don't, I, you can't put it closer. And ironically, our premier, Daniel Smith, believes that she is a libertarian. Meanwhile, fascism in this sense is okay because we know it's mainly non-Indigenous people or the poorest working class. Ugh. I guarantee there will not be a person who makes over 50,000 a year in any of those recovery centers. I guarantee it. Um, We'll see. Love to be proven wrong. (laughs) I don't want anyone, even if you make $50,000 a year to be thrown in these, these fascist um, so-called, well, they're jails, they're jails because, and for folks who don't know Ralph Klein, he purposely took apart all of the uh, mental health facilities that we had. And these idiots keep voting blue and wondering why it is we have so many people with mental health issues on the streets after they voted for them to do these changes before like it's so gross i can't even so this is where we're at as a society anyway so um my book club obviously these are questions i like people to kind of ask themselves as they're reading um you know what are you reading what what are some of the insults you're reading um what's your favorite anti-racism resource tell me i need to make my 2024 uh book club i mean it's already the list is getting there so uh, if you have a book that you think i should read and you don't think it should be canada in the world settler capitalism and colonial imagination by tyler shipley what is the equivalent book that you think is just as good i'd love to hear from you um yeah i'd like to i just like to hear from people actually So September 11th, we'll be doing the Pathways to Justice. By the way, I I sure hope if you're a listener to me that you know this year's pride is probably one of the most important prides for you to be marching in. Because if, if you legitimately are an ally, if you don't have an organization that is marching, then you gotta get your shit together and get into different organizations that are marching first and foremost. But second of all, you should be standing in solidarity as the crowd to help. Because the, if there's going to be a year that there's a freaking bomb or something, it's going to be this one. Because we always have like a leather, or leather, uh, Harry, Harry, no, sorry, <laughs> Larry Heather. He's like this local activist that preaches the most extreme hate under the guise of Christianity. He always protests pride, always. And many years, we've had like these counter protesters. So if you are an ally, you should be this person with like huge angel wings or butterfly wings or banners to cover and hide him and his stupid crowd from when we march by. That's literally your job. And if you're not doing it, you're no freaking ally. Because again, ally means action. Reconciliation action group. It's about action. You have to work can't just be like oh my god i so love that community and then never lift a finger donate a dollar whatever they have to do work so um anyway better be marching for pride then september 11th we have our pathways to justice the government of alberta's 113 pathways to justice report we're going to be reading that at book club um october 9th Cree lawyer harold johnston's book peace and good order the case for Indigenous justice, November 13th, a report to uh, guide the implementation of a national action plan on violence against women and gendered violence, because of course, we can't listen to the Indigenous people. So we have to have like a whole non-Indigenous guide, which I'm sure will be implemented long before the uh, MMIW report. Regardless, we're reading it November 13th, December 11th, Making Space for Indigenous Feminism, edited by Joyce Green, which will be a really great way to get going from there. And then I'll probably start uh, announcing this next six months after what we'll be reading. So anyway, I am proud that this podcast has given solutions and cultural safety training, cultural first aid in all of them to create a safer space for Indigenous people, people of colour, those with disabilities, and 2 LGBTQ to speak. Thank you to authors Cheryl Ward, Chelsea Branch, and Alicia Fridkin of heretohelp.bc.ca. They have a whole section on what is Indigenous cultural safety and why I should care about it. Uh, Their work are cultural action tools, so please support Indigenous work like that as part of your reconciliation work and settler understandings. I'm just lucky enough to highlight and repeat them here internalized racism and so-called lateral violence is another form of violence indigenous and marginalized people experience by the structure of oppression imposed on these lands racial tools.org first of all if you can donate that would be lovely uh, but donna Bevins has a great section in her resource files about what is internalized racism mm-hmm. and why i keep stressing this is because non-indigenous don't have to deal with any of this but as indigenous people we are constantly attacking ourselves over a million things but it it is internalized as well in the sense that where it's like well i can't do that because i'm native i say that to myself all the time i have to challenge it and i have to move forward and i have to just be very aware what the barriers are and call them out rather than internalizing them but also that internalized racism can sometimes be perpetuated onto others. So we need to stop that as well. And that's everybody. So it doesn't matter. Disabilities, replace the word racism to disabilities, to LGBTQ, because there's always an um, internalized oppression when there is a structure of oppression. So please, if you are part of an equity seeking group, do that work do the work of being what is actual systemic oppression what is what is it that i'm like oh i can't do that because or they can't do that because right but that's their do's and don'ts for bystander intervention so you know this is a great example of what happened in montgomery alabama Here we had a bunch of bystanders that were like, absolutely not on my watch. I will swim across this marina to help my friend. Um, Unfortunately, it resulted in a fight, but to be fair, white people were fighting this black security guard and (laughs) Why more white people will not step in and stop people? You all claim that you're like, oh, for the law, law and order, just love myself some law and calling the police all the time. We love that. And yet you totally allow these white people to beat the shit out of this black security guard. Come on, people. You're so full of shit about your allyship. If you don't know what to do, and there are nonviolent ways to in to come into this world, into a situation like that, or on the C train or wherever else there is bystander intervention. I've been giving them to in every single one of my podcasts, AFSC.org, do's and don'ts bystander intervention. Why are you not doing more so-called allies? Why are you not stopping this de-escalating these situations anyway? Also, anyone who follows me on social media, I have uh, shared the anti-racism organizational lead for the city of Calgary, uh, giving a presentation on the journey of becoming an anti-racist leader. If you wake up every day and your goal is not to work on oppression dynamics, you and I are not speaking the same language in any capacity. Uh, locally, we have our Calgary Black Lives Matter activists Taylor McNally and Adora Nofor who are being targeted by the legal system. So there's a gogetfunding.org and there's some Gmails that I have shared in the past and will continue to share as their uh, legal funds continue. Please, please, please support them if you can. Indigenous have been talking about our issues, sharing our traumas and reports, commissions and public hearings, just so it can be regularly disregarded, no more, honor our words, honor the treaties, listen to politicians and their policies and platforms, if they don't understand the, you know, equity seeking groups, if they don't understand gender equity plus, They have literally no business running if they are cutting violence prevention programs and services, Indigenous education, uterus health choices, gay-straight alliances, lack of human rights for migrants, immigrants, folks with disabilities. Know that your vote is directly negatively impacting equity-seeking groups. Demand that they implement the Truth and Reconciliation Commission 94 Calls to Action, the recommendations of the Royal Commission on Aboriginal Peoples, multiple reports about child welfare reform, violence prevention, and now 231 calls to justice from the National Inquiry. Uh, Provincially, we have the 113 Pathways to Justice, so all the blue. Uh, Voters, why are you not holding your MLAs to account on it? I know why, you know why. It's all racism. Way to go. Yay. Municipally, we have a white goose flying report. I'd love to hear about other municipal Uh, reports that look at the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. I know that Lethbridge did one. So there's two cities in an entire country that have done a little report. Have I seen implementation? No. Uh, Denying these reports is a form of abuse called gaslighting. Our people are experiencing extreme racism in the educational and health institutions with multiple reports that say the same thing. Uh, Demand change from election platforms and politicians if they don't understand colonialism, racism, privilege, sexism, oppression dynamics. They have zero business running. Should be understood by everybody. Uh, Google articles on how non-Indigenous Canadians can become allies because there are multiples of them. Uh, Stephanie Harp and I had an emergency podcast at Christmas in the hopes that our allies would write and do more on these crises. Had zero people CC us or tell us about their initiatives. Zero action yet again. Uh, But if you go to aboriginalalert.ca, you can download an app. Uh, They have constant updates. You can get an email, whatever you'd like. Uh, The missing society... Of uh, the Missing Children's Society of Canada she is working with to try to get more Indigenous kids on that as well. Um, we had talked about womenshomelessness.ca because they put out a great statement about demanding an urgent action to protect the lives of Indigenous women, girls, and two-spirit and gender diverse people experiencing homelessness. I wrote my city officials' didn't get any feedback from them. They took the doors off of the bus shelters, leading to people freezing to death and or amputations. So that's where we're at as a society, because of the amount of Calgarians that can't even write a damn letter to their uh, city councillors. So um, back to the issue of the drug crisis, Um, the amount of people we have dying of the drug crisis is awful. And the... UCP government tried to pretend like they were doing such a good job until the election. And then the numbers came out and we know they're just getting worse and worse and worse. And they won't listen to any harm reduction strategies because they just, (laughs) they don't care. And quite frankly, we didn't see a lot of movement from Rachel Notley when she was in power for a whole four years. You know, I can't imagine how hard that was. I don't want to get dog on her too much, but the UCP used these talking points of like, you know the ultra left and it's like first of all there's no ultra left anyway i'm getting off topic so august 31st overdose day please make sure you attend some of those um, events and help those who are actually doing the work i've talked endlessly about always having narcan and or naloxone kits on you I am still educating people who think they know what they're talking about on the difference between a naloxone kit and a Narcan nasal spray. It is so infuriating and frustrating. I feel like how many TikToks can I make on this before they'll get it? How many podcasts can I say before they'll get it? And I just know at the end of the day, it's not the amount of effort I put in. It's literally the lack of effort that I see from the settler community. Um, if you know, Anyone who is using substances, you know, the first thing, try not to use alone. If you are using alone, there is a National Overdose Response Service that you can call at 888-688-NORS for support. There's a Braves or Doors app. There's even a Lifeguard app. You know, there's things out there to help you. Um, if you're experiencing emotional distress after anything I talked about today and want to talk, you can call the First Nation and Inuit Hope for Wellness Helpline at 855-242-3310. It is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can also go to hopeforwellness.ca. Uh, if more about missing and murdered Indigenous women, girls and two-spirit, you can call 844-413-6649. Again, open 24-7 for anyone who needs that. There's the Indian Residential School and Family Hotline at 866-925-4419. The Native Youth Crisis Hotline at 877-209-1266. Now, for non-Indigenous people, there is a Distress Centre Lines in your area, a Functioning 211. You can go to 833-456-4566. You can also text at 45645. Uh, the kids' help phone is 1-800-668-6868. Uh, the following are two LGBTQ uh, services available across most places in Canada. You can go to lifevoice.ca where they have tons of crisis supports. The trans lifeline is 877-330-6366 and the Youth. and I'll just give a shout out if you've ever watched Heartstopper. Um, There are four graphic novels. They're adorable. They're like Queer Degrassi for all you Canadians who love Degrassi. Highly recommend. I watched uh, season one and season two just came out so we watched that whole thing. Highly recommend them. Um, Violence is my everyday reality. Every Indigenous generation has faced it. This is self-care how I take my power back, how we give some kind of Indigenous representation in media, as there is none. Um, And that's why I started this podcast, to speak freely, without interruption, without tone police, without leadership shaming, without gaslighting questions, as many people don't want to hear Indigenous opinions, But you're like to tell us theirs, even if they know nothing about us, colonialism, the constant surveillance of our people, protests, our vigils and rights. I and many others share microaggressions. It is just unacceptable to say this racism anymore. Learn about being trauma informed. Uh, People who are so in their trauma that they actually stop people from doing the work and they deplete personal resources, internal and external racism is an everyday reality. For folks like me, um, Masucho to my ancestors, to my granny, to my mom, of what strength looks like through your example. I want to thank my dad for teaching me to be strong and blunt, my stepmom for showing me what a proud culture is through her Austrian family and roots, and teaching me to be a proud Calgarian. It is through her I am a second-generation proud Calgarian. To my husband, I who produces and edits this show. He has been my husband, childhood friend, father of our child and support down my journey of the Red Road and has witnessed decades of racism and sexism and experienced them firsthand as well. To our child, Thunderpipe Necklace Woman, we are blessed to learn from you daily. We are honored you chose us. You give me daily accountability to be a better and stronger person. I hope that my child and my family will be proud in the future of us trying to discuss these present day issues in a way that they can understand down the road. My Patreon account is Native Calgarian where you can pledge in support. Thank you previous donors for showing your support. If you value listening or watching and can afford to give, thank you. For those who cannot afford to give, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com where you can send in your comments or questions. I also have a YouTube channel that you can uh, subscribe. Go to nativecalgarian.com for all the latest podcasts and pin posts on social media and uh, yeah I want to end by giving side eye to those Calgary rabbits you're lucky I'm not your dish my beautiful cousin would respond or yeah be in my dish so thank you folks for listening